This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello. Welcome back to the Postpartum Coach Podcast. Listen, what I'm going to teach you today, I created, I crafted it through the trenches of my own anxiety and having three little kids, ages four to newborn. Um, Our lives were at home a lot. We were kind of doing the whole nap time thing every day. It was a huge part of our day. And I also was experiencing a lot of anxiety to the point where motherhood was struggling to feel fun. And my kids were almost feeling a bit triggering. You know, they were all so little. They weren't swim safe. All three of them were little. One's still putting things in her mouth, uh, potentially choking on things. One of them is still learning how to breastfeed and drink bottles. And one of them is my ADHD boy that at the time was four and is just running around the house faster than I could even manage. So today's episode, we're going to talk about you know, on the other side of my mental health, as I re-regulated my nervous system and brought myself back down to earth, how did I manage what I call hypervigilance? Some people call it helicopter parenting. And I developed this philosophy called risk tolerance. I mean, I'm not the only one probably ever to say risk tolerance, but specifically for mothering toddlers and even your babies. So tune in. This is going to help you if you feel like you worry too much, if you feel like you worry to the point where it gets in between you and your husband, or it really bothers um, your relationship and your enjoyment of your kids, this episode is totally for you. Share it with a friend. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. Lizzie here. Brief intro if you don't know me. I mean, my name's Lizzie. I'm pregnant with my fourth child and I have three kids. My oldest is turning nine this weekend. And then I have a seven and a half year old and a five year old. And I'm going to have a baby girl this summer. So things are busy here. Um, my oldest is on the autism spectrum and also experiences ADHD. So things are always really like different and interesting. And I'm constantly on a learning curve and I love my podcast. In fact, just this week, you guys, I interviewed a couple different, well, I set up potential interviews. Um, one of them is for sure happening. Actually, they're both for sure happening. They're both on the calendar. Um, I'm going to be on somebody else's podcast. And then also I'm having pelvic floor specialists on this podcast. And in talking to these fellow professionals, they were the ones gushing about this podcast. And it was such a compliment to me. I, I don't know. I just, I, I know moms love this podcast and they all, they, they all are moms, these professionals, but they also run their own businesses. They sell products, they sell coaching services, courses, 
And they're over here loving mine, sharing the postpartum coach podcast with their audiences. It was just like thrilling and it kind of caught me off guard. I forget because I'm so passionate about this podcast and I love it so much just naturally. I forget how much it means to other people sometimes. So the best thing you can do is if you appreciate this podcast, just leave a written review. Like, you know, go scroll down to the very bottom and you can either tap the amount of stars. And that's a really quick way to do it, which does count for something. Although the preference would be to go ahead and just write a couple sentences, you know, tell me, I read every review, by the way, I regularly go check to see new reviews and I sometimes like to read them aloud on the podcast, but the most important thing about leaving a review is number one, it is good karma. (laughs) It really is. It's a way to give back when you consume something free that people, somebody out there is putting time into. It's just good karma. And then number two is it does actually help my podcast to become searchable amongst people. I cannot tell you how many women have come to me just crying in gratitude that they found me and my podcast. And that wouldn't be possible when they Google or Apple podcast search postpartum podcast, that wouldn't be possible if you guys weren't leaving reviews. So please know it's kind of like an Amazon review. You know, when you're going to go buy something on Amazon and you trust those other women that have bought the same baby product, right? And they've left a review and it's four stars and they're telling you exactly why it was good and why it isn't leave that kind of review. Like don't, you don't need to people please me at all. Like just leave the reviews for the moms who are searching for help and they're trying to not waste their time because they're kind of desperate. And they're like, I need help now. I need it fast. Tell them what is here on this podcast for them. What can they expect to get out of it? What have you experienced out of it? Those are all great things to, you know, go pause right now. Leave me a quick review. I would so appreciate that. Okay. This topic today is so rad because I came up with it and sometimes I like my own ideas a lot. Um, also I was texting my friend Jamie, who's also, she's a a sex coach and she was like, no, that really is such a good idea. Her kids are older. And it was interesting. We were chatting because her oldest is like left home. And then her youngest, I don't know, is like eight or nine or 10 or something. So she's got kids that are driving and going out on dates and wanting to stay out pretty late. And she's like, it never changes. Like you learned this lesson, what I'm going to teach about today, this risk tolerance and managing your hypervigilance or, or the helicopteriness of our parenting. I like the word hypervigilance more because it's more just purely connected to the nervous system. And I feel like helicopter parenting is kind of judgy, but it starts when your baby is born And there's nothing wrong with really wanting to make sure your baby's safe and stuff. But sometimes what can happen is we go to such an extreme or we're so vigilant to make sure that our baby's safe that it takes away our presence, our joy, and it's really not even necessary. And now we are struggling with our mental health and we can't seem to calm down and just be present and chill and calm. And that's when it's a problem. So this episode is not about you know, oh, you don't, you don't need to care for your kids. Like stop getting your panties in a bundle. I'm definitely not shaming anybody here because we all really do want our kids to be safe. And it is our responsibility to provide, protect and nurture them. Um, but this is about managing when that kind of crosses over into a zone where it's not even effective anymore. And it's actually really taking away from your quality of life as a mom. All right. So my friend was just saying that as her kids have gotten older, 
it continues. This whole thing continues. Imagine if you can't handle the risk, the amount of risk of your baby crawling and there's a coffee table nearby that you've already put, you know, those little corner protectors on it, you know, and you've already like set up a little obstacle to keep your baby from bumping into it. And you're still sitting there totally frozen, watching your child to make sure they're not getting, you know, their head hit. If you if you're like not able to tolerate risk period at all, and you're hyper, hyper vigilant, imagine what it's going to be like as they get older, as they get more independent, which they should more autonomous, which they should, we want them to. And what happens is this hyper vigilant can vigilance can morph into actually trying to actually manipulate our kids' behaviors. So in, what, what we do is instead of going inward and calming ourselves down and being like, you know what? It's okay. They're going to go out on their own. I, you know, I'm going to do my inner work to support them on their journey. I've already told them the rules. They know what's safe. I have to trust them. Like they have to have their own experience. So instead of doing that, we actually just stay, I call it dysregulated in our nervous system. We stay in this imbalanced kind of extreme ish state of hypervigilance. And then we start making threats like, well, if you don't come back home on time, then this is going to happen. We start getting really manipulative of their behavior. Um, and that is no fun in the relationship with the child, both when they're teeny tiny and also when they're older. And it's also not fun for us, right? Like it's not. And here I am talking about this, but of course I still struggle with it sometimes, right? My youngest is five. I'm about to have another little tiny baby. And, you know, your brain is responsible for showing you through that lovely imagination you have all of the things that can go wrong. And then you add on top of that social media. And even if statistically, the chances of that particular thing that you're worried about happening is way lower. If you see it five times in a month on social media, it doesn't matter what the statistics are. Your brain is going to think that it's really likely to happen, right? The exposure, the perception of how, how many times you're being exposed to like, oh, this child got cancer or, oh, this kid drowned, the horrible things that you do hear about on social media. Remember, there are statistics of how likely there actually are to occur. And then there's how many times you're reading about them in the news. And those are two very different things. And the perception of how frequent and how possible it is for you can really get out of hand and not realistic if we're not being careful with the media we're consuming. And also if we're not, you know, having boundaries and knowing when to come back to ourselves and recenter. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <sighs> Let's take a breath. Is that sitting? Is that resonating? Do you know? Are you sitting there like, oh my gosh, I totally need to have work. I need to do work on this. <laughs> have work done. Sorry, I'm like not talking about Botox. I'm like, no, I need to do work on this. Okay. So an example that comes to mind for me is I had a client who was postpartum maybe a few months in, also a life coach at the time. It was really fun coaching her. And she had been in the NICU with her baby for, I don't remember, let's say 30 days. It was pretty intense. Her baby had come quite early. And so during that time as a way to support herself, she had started following on social media, 
um, a few other moms, actually quite a few other moms who had kids in the NICU and advocates of NICU this and that. And it was like a really big part of her experience when she went online. And then her baby came home and they integrated back into their home life. And it was like all in the past. And she worked on her trauma from that time in our sessions and she was like moving on. And then, but she noticed that every time she got on social media, it was like her body would get into this frozen kind of fight mode like activated. Her nervous system would get activated and kind of triggered by all these accounts she was following, which at one time had been supportive, right? And so she was able to identify as we talked about this, you know, I think it's time to let go and and stop following all these people and let them be on their journeys. I've completed that part of my journey, etc. And so I want you to just think about just for a minute before we dive into the mental tools because I can t- teach you mental tools all day, but the amount of negative stuff you're consuming or the types of conversations that you have. Are you in a group of mom friends that are very, very fear-based? Are they constantly talking about, oh my gosh, I heard this scary story about this toddler that da, 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 da. Like that shit, like we don't have to be surrounding ourselves with that all the time. Here's my concept I like to think about. Brooke Castillo taught me this, which is the life coach that I certified with a long time ago. Just because it's true doesn't mean we have to sit there and think about it. Just because it actually happened doesn't mean we have to sit there and indulge in the huge hit of adrenaline that we get when we repeat a scary, horrible story. I've tried to be really good about this. You know, if I have a really close friend that grew up with horrible, terrible trauma in her life, and I'm chatting with a different friend, and I'm obviously not going to give away her identity and tell specifics if, if I haven't cleared that with her and it's not okay with her, but even just saying, I know someone who, oh my gosh, you'll never get like, listen to this, listen to all these things that happened to her. That is just passing around explosive trauma. And we need to be the ones doing the work on the inside of our bodies so that we're not necessarily absorbing what we hear, but we're also not, um, like it's almost like hot potato where we can't even handle it. And so we're just passing it to the next person and we're, we're oversharing from a place of really dysregulation around the thing that we heard. So let's all be a little bit more mindful of that. And then I want to dive in and talk about this concept of risk tolerance, risk threshold. Really what it comes down to. So I, again, I created this concept when I had little kids. I had a four-year-old, a three-year-old or like two and a half-year-old, and then a newborn. And I had had really bad anxiety come up for the first time in my life, actually, um, after my second baby. And then it happened again after my third. And I had so much on my plate with caregiving to these kids and I chose it, right? I chose, this was what I chose, but the day was so full and my energy was so required that I noticed at one point I kind of found coaching and kind of started like looking at my thoughts and getting a little more curious about the way I was spending my energy and all that. By the way, I have a great episode on energy budgeting. I don't remember what number it is, but if you search it, the energy budgeting concept is also really cool and helpful. Um, but it was at a time where like, I realized that I could not afford to lose so much energy every day in my head, projecting scary possibilities and potential bad things that could happen to my kids. It was so distracting. I was getting less done and it was also, I mean, I wouldn't have had this language then, but it was very dysregulating. I would, you know, 
my brain would jump to a scary thing. And then the whole rest of the day was these big explosion of scary ideas and thoughts that would come in from my brain. So did you know that that's actually part of hypervigilance and hypervigilance is a part of a dis being activated or dysregulated in your nervous system. So let me just explain what the nervous system is for those who might be new. I have tons of episodes that kind of go into it. Anything that talks about trauma on this podcast is going to give you a better understanding of your nervous system. But long story short, your nervous system is at the basis of deciding whether you are getting activated or escalated emotionally, or whether you are de-escalating, down-regulating, getting calm, restoring, and repairing. There's two parts to your nervous system. There's two modes that you can operate in. There is the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic the sympathetic, the shorter word, it's kind of like fiction, nonfiction, right? Fiction means fake. Nonfiction means not fake. Sympathetic means getting worked up. Parasympathetic means slowing down. Okay. And when you're in the sympathetic nervous system, what what's important is to know when you are activated. When you don't know if you're activated, you get lost in it and it just becomes, it really dictates the rest of your day. And you don't even realize, oh, I could be, I could learn skills to get myself out of this funk. We call it a lot of times we express it as like the mood I'm in. I'm just like in a really anxious mood. I'm just angsty. What I usually, what what we usually mean when we say that is I, I think I'm activated in my nervous system. I'm not feeling very calm. I'm agitated. I sit down to try to relax and watch a show and I start getting on my phone. I can't sit still, right? And one of the um, telltale signs that you are activated in your nervous system, specifically your sympathetic nervous system, right? The one where you're activated is you are not having great quality thoughts. And a lot of times there can be intrusive thoughts and specifically your brain is on this hypervigilance kick where it's telling you, way too much and too often all the bad things that could happen. So let's say you're sitting there on the couch and you're watching your three-year-old and your 18-month-old play together. And your three-year-old picks up a toy and it's not a soft toy. It's just like maybe a Lego. And you don't even know what your three-year-old's going to do with it, but you are instantly like, put that down. Don't throw that at the baby. Don't throw that at the baby. Hey, make sure you don't touch the baby, right? Like if you are jumpy and you're not willing to even just kind of hold space for your child's decisions a little bit and observe. Now it's different if there's been a pattern of your child hitting the baby, right? Or throwing Legos at the baby. That's different. That's something that it might actually be appropriate to have your nervous system activated and be a little bit more vigilant in order to be swift in your discipline and also like protecting your baby. So it's, again, we're not shaming anybody who is a little on edge in these moments, right? As moms, that's part of our duty is to protect our children. But when it is to the point where your kids can't even do anything without you being like, oh, don't do that. Oh, snap. Like, and you're literally snapping and irritable and really rigid and not able to be flexible or nuanced. It's very black and white. That is a sign that you are hyper vigilant, okay? Which just means, again, that you are in your sympathetic nervous system. It means you are activated and it's up to you. This is a choice. My biggest message with this episode is that getting activated like that really is a choice. 
Um, at first it doesn't seem like a choice. It just seems like it happens, but like, and it might not be a choice, the fact that it does happen, but there you have a circumstance. I, you know, my heart rate just went up. I'm starting to feel sweaty. I'm clenching my jaw. This is nervous system activation. My brain is showing me scary images of all of the horrible things that could happen. Do you want motherhood to feel this way? Is it serving you? Now, at one point, I genuinely felt kind of self-pity because I was like, well, I have to. I mean, I have to be worked up and I have to be super, super hypervigilant because if I don't, then they could get hurt. And this is what I mean when I say risk tolerance or your risk threshold. I want you to zoom out and look at the way, how nervous you are, how jumpy you are, how vigilant or hypervigilant you might be with your kids. And I want you to think, have I gone past the point where it is effective? Is it even like necessary, the amount of like vigilance or even hypervigilance that I'm having? Is it disrupting my relationship with my children, whether they're toddlers, their babies, or their older kids? Is this impacting my relationship with them? Is it impacting the influence of me as a mom on them, their memories of me, you know, how they do or don't connect with me, how they are or are not able to connect with me? Am I finding it difficult to be emotionally available to my child because I'm so fixated on their behavior? Because again, that fixation on their behavior is a good indicator that you are abandoning yourself and your own inner work that you could be doing to calm your body and you are reacting to the emotions inside of your body. So even if you're in a place where your parenting does feel effective and you feel like pretty good about the way you're showing up, I still want you to ask yourself, am I satisfied with the amount of going inward and calming myself down that I'm doing? Or am I really looking to my kids to not behave a certain way so that I can feel better? Does that, let me, let me ask that one more time. What I'm kind of trying to say is, am I basically putting responsibility on my kids' actions and really trying to control those actions so that I, and that, and that's my primary way of managing how anxious I feel? Or do I know what the hell to do with anxiety? Do I? Do you? I didn't. For sure I didn't. For months, for years in my motherhood, I did not know what to do with anxiety. And so it resulted in me being sort of this like really kind of like stick up my butt, like like grumpy, kind of rigid mom. And I genuinely just became that. And I thought that is how I had to be. And it impacted, you know what? This is the problem is it impacts your libido. Let's talk about that first of all, right? If you are activated all day and you're not going inward and calming yourself down and you are constantly snapping at your kids because, you know, or constantly following your baby around every little step around the house. And I know I'm kind of exaggerating. Maybe you're somewhere in between. So just kind of think about where you are on this spectrum. But if you are escalated most of the day, but you're not recentering and calming yourself and then your husband gets home, right? From work and and or or you go try to go to work. There's so many scenarios. Let's talk about this first one. So let's say your partner comes home, you guys have a nice dinner, you get the kids in bed. And instead of like being able to relax, you're just like burnt out. Burnout is real because our nervous systems are not meant to be on the sympathetic mode, the activated mode all of the time. 
And you don't actually have to do motherhood that way. There can be more of a balance that can still ensure as best as possible the safety of your children, but it also makes room for some of the risks that could be possible. And the exchange in doing that is that your mental health improves and your nervous system gets to be calm. So you want to be getting activated in your nervous system, maybe like just three times a day, like little, like, Oh, that was, Oh, Oh honey, watch out. You know, like, Oh, Oh, you're going to bump your head. Um, it's okay to go through a couple little phases of hypervigilance, but the more important thing than how frequently it's happening, let like, even if you forget about the number three, drop it. It doesn't matter. Like if that doesn't serve you, what's really important is, do you know how to tell when you've gotten activated and do you know how to bring yourself back down? So the rest of the episode, I actually want to talk about how, um, some of the ways that I help my clients and myself to kind of come back down. Um, the first one honestly is just a huge deep breath. And in my head, I'm thinking, Oh, I got activated again. Okay. So the first step is going to be, you got to recognize that you're off your center, that you're a little bit ungrounded. You're a little bit in your head. You're getting hypervigilant. If you notice yourself snapping, right? There has to be a self-awareness. So a good moment to reflect on where you're at is when you find yourself snapping at your kids, getting angry over like small things that are pretty common for kids to do. Um, that's when you want to look inward and be like, okay, wait, am I just a little bit out of control here? Do I need to spend some time calming myself? So a deep breath is helpful. Also just getting a fidget of some kind and letting your hands mull over it, taking a walk outside and getting a breath of fresh air, and especially putting your feet on the grass, letting your feet touch the earth. It can be soil and dirt too, if you don't have grass nearby. Um, if you have crystals or essential oils, those can be soothing. If that works for you, um, that works really well for me. So I have, well, I don't, I'm not really using crystals right now, but I used to have a little kit It was a little zipper pouch and I would keep it in my diaper bag and it had a crystal an essential oil, um, a bracelet that I loved, like a little charm that I was whatever. I don't know. Like it had a few, it was like my relaxation, my, my down regulation kit. I think this is a brilliant idea. I, I don't know. I've never heard of anyone talk about this, but I literally just did this because of where I was at with my anxiety and I would get it out whenever I needed to assist myself and nurture myself back down from an activated state. And I would just keep doing it. The way you know you're kind of getting back into the parasympathetic is when it feels good to just sit there and watch your kids and you are present with them and you're even smiling and enjoying watching them play. Or a baby step would even just be kind of neutral, like curious and just observing them and having thoughts that are not about the future and what could happen in the next imminent moments, but rather about, oh my gosh, his personality is so interesting or, oh, he looks just like his dad or just little like more present, neutral observation thoughts. That is a good indicator, at least on a brain level, that you are down-regulating. You're getting back into the parasympathetic. You're starting to restore rest and relax instead of being escalated and activated. Um, also, I almost always kind of listen for my own breath and the sound of my voice. 
when I'm coaching a client, this is a dead giveaway. I can, I can check the tone of somebody's nervous system, how, you know, where they're at on the spectrum of escalated versus, um, calmed down or in their sympathetic or parasympathetic based on how their voice sounds, how strained it is. There's just ways I can tell with their voice. Um, the look in their eyes and sort of the posture of their facial muscles, like how tense or relaxed they are, and also the quality and depth of their breath, and sometimes even how fast they're talking. So these are all things to kind of keep in mind for yourself. Um, to wrap up, I wanted to read a few affirmations that I actually created for a client, and then I think she might have helped create a couple of these. She so generously sent them to me because I asked her if she would. And, um, so with love, I want to read these. These are, um, have been helpful to her and we did these while we were tapping. So if you don't know what tapping is, you can definitely Google it, but you just, there's like seven or eight spots around your face and your chest and, um, one under your arm that you, you tap and it is just a, a more direct way to engage with the subconscious and especially, you know, via the body. And, um, Tapping can just basically help the words sink in and hit differently. It opens up different energetic points and marma points, and I don't even really understand all the ins and outs of it. But even if you just say these to yourself or write them down and put put them somewhere in your house, I think these could be helpful. So if this is something you struggle with, the hypervigilance, if you're trying to increase your tolerance for risk um, in a healthy way that allows you to be more present and less burnt out, then I think you'll love these and I'll wrap up with these. So a few to think of or say to yourself, I am safe to relax. I trust myself to love and nurture me. While I do want to protect my child, I accept also that my child is on her own journey. Even when I am relaxed, my baby is safe or my toddler is safe or the name of your child is safe. When I choose to relax, my kids become even safer, both now and in the future. When I go inward to regulate my nervous system, I am helping their nervous system develop healthily. My relaxation and presence restores my vitality in my motherhood. My baby is safe even when I'm relaxing. Once I have delegated and put support in place, including baby-proofing the house, it is okay to let my child have her journey and relax. I am no longer afraid of being able to handle everything. I am safe to be calm and still. I am worthy of relaxation. I am my own best friend and I can be my own nurturing mother. It is time to be settled and calm. It is time to reclaim my peace. I can have peace of mind and help my kids to be safe all at the same time. (sighs) Don't those feel good? So just bullet points here to kind of review. Hypervigilance is a symptom of an activated woman. (laughs) Activated meaning... Um, escalated. Your nervous system is a bit imbalanced and it is up to you to know how to recognize that and bring it back down. If you want support, I have a couple options for you. I have an online course that is very affordable and very high value. I have priced it lower than it is worth by a lot 
because I want people to be able to access it and because I would rather have you have so much impact than me have so much money. That being said, um, I am getting compensated for it. Don't worry about it. So I like the prices I have. You can get a discount code for my online course if you sign up for my free mini course. And the links for both of those will be in the show notes. All right. But if you just go to lizzielangston.com, sign up for the free mini course and get out of the postpartum rut. That's what it's called. It's on my homepage. You sign up, then that email series that you'll get does have a code for you to buy the course. But I want you guys to know that the course is amazing. And then sometimes the trickiest part of this stuff isn't intellectually understanding it, but actually applying it. And for that reason, I do offer private coaching. All right. So you can come to me, just email me Lizzie at lizzielangston.com or DM me, um, Lizzie dot postpartum coach on Instagram. Just get a hold of me and let me know that you're interested in working together and we can talk about it. I love you guys. And really motherhood can be restorative and relaxing a lot of the time. Of course, it's going to be stressful sometimes. We're not trying to root out vigilance of our children or our nervous system activation completely because we do want to be you know, vigilant. And sometimes even it makes sense to be hyper vigilant, but we just need to know how to come all the way back down from that so that we can still have a quality rest of our day and overall experience of our kids and our motherhood and our life. Alrighty. If you loved this episode, leave me a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. Hey, Lizzie here. So I'm pregnant and you might be wondering, well, how can I work with her? She's having a baby. She's probably not available. Actually, I have an online course. It's called Postpartum Freedom. And I take everything that I teach my private clients and I deliver it to you. You can go through it at your own pace. And then once you do Postpartum Freedom, the course, if you still want more support, I am actually available. So go get the course. It's at lizzielangston.com forward slash course. It will help you love yourself back to wellness. And it has a lot of really great tools. There's worksheets and stuff, and you have access to me in the comments. So go get that now, and then let's talk. You can get a hold of me if you still want more support. Love you. LizzieLangston.com forward slash course. Bye, guys. Bye.